The following is a fourth-hand production. Boston, 1962. On the verge of an encounter with one of the most feared and elusive serial killers in American history, the Boston Strangler. June 1962, we've interrogated or interviewed over 5,000 people. We've screened over 2,500 sex offenders who have been released from mental hospitals and jails and institutions. We have well over 1,000 leads in our files, but no one suspect would apply to all of the stranglers we were looking at. As the investigators are concerned, there is no mystery. Albert DeSalvo was the Boston Strangler. Shortly before his death, he did write a poem. Here's a story, the Strangler, yet untold. The man who claims he strangled 13 women, young and old. He struck within the light of day, leaving not one clue astray. To reveal his secret will bring him fame, but burden his family with unwanted shame. Today he sits in a prison cell, deep inside, only a secret he can tell. People everywhere are still in doubt. Is the strangler in prison or roaming about? Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. So whenever my wife watches me tie my shoes, she always says that I don't tie them right, that I take the long way around, whatever that means. Do you think... Do you think when like people walked in, the, the detectives walked in on like the stranglings, they're like, man, that guy, these bows, I mean, they were ornate, but I, I mean, this must have taken him forever. Loop, swoop, pull, notice the dead in their eyes. Like, that's how my dad taught me, you know, like, two bunny ears, wrap it around the old lady's throat. Go down throat. the hole. <laughs> Not that one. Uh, spread the legs, take a photo, go home. Here we go. <laughs> Hysteria Nation, welcome into a tied up edition. Oh, a now uh, Eagle Scout Eagle, oh. edition of Hysteria Fifty One. Are you saying someone earned their merit badge before they they went to Boston? They definitely earned that not badge. <laughs> I call this the Granny Knot. <laughs> my name is John Goforth. With me, as always, is my co-captain Brent Hand. What's up, Gofo? Brent, we are joined by one of our sponsors. That's right. All you have to do is give us money, and we'll let you on the show. And we'll let you, <laughs> boom, <laughs> you're on the show. Money. Hey, <laughs> the proprietor of Castle Light Productions, Ryan Cassell himself. Ryan, say hello. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be uh, in the same room with such esteemed yeah. podcasters. And I got to say, I'm a little starstruck. The one, the only conspiracy bot <laughs> eyeballing me right now. The pleasure is all yours. Move along. Ouch. <laughs> You'll get used to that. I, I'm glad that you, you at least read the intro that we wrote about ourselves. I didn't know if you're going to go with that or not. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by now, our topic tonight is the Boston Strangler. One of my favorite East Coast Stranglers. <laughs> 
there's so many. I, I, uh, the Fresh Strangler of Bel Air. Uh, no, wait, that's the other coast. That doesn't even count. I'm sorry. Man, do I have to write another fucking Fresh Prince of Bel Air parody? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. We've actually had a lot of uh, requests that you don't ever do that again. Bullshit. On social media, people loved that thing. They also love Brent singing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Just okay. to drop that little. Mm. I, that's, all right, mm. that's fair. That's tough, but fair. They did. They, they wait, do say. Wait, time out. Ryan works with a lot of professional singers. I do. Like like literal like nationwide acts. Name some, Ryan. Alicia Keys. Did you hear the thud of that name drop? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just my penis as usual. <laughs> I, I Unfolded apologize. the loaf. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he knows what's up. And he said, you know what? You should sing more, Brent. And I was like, you know, you might be honest. Game recognized game. I see talent. <laughs> and there it is. Conspiracy <laughs> by take care of him. I, I, I don't know. Where were we? The Boston Strangler. Ooh, you've been working on those vocal exercises, haven't you? <laughs> yep. Here. My dulcet tones. Let me let me hear it one more time, John. How do you get that music behind your voice like that? It's I, I, here, here. Let me let me try to do it without the music. I'm David Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh. think I don't think it works quite the it, same. No, I, it, it was it was it it's it, it lacked something. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's lacking? Money. And you know what we're lacking? Money. How can we get money, John? I, I don't know, but it starts with really, really, really good segues like that. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I thought you were going to st- say it starts with a P like all my favorite Russian names, but keep going. Though It does start with a P. <laughs> Patreon. Ooh. Brent, let me tell you what Patreon is. Please do. Patreon is a website where you can give us money, but you do get stuff in return. Go to patreon.com slash hysteria51, or you can find the link on our website, hysteria51.com. You get rewards for making a, a a small investment. Take a pause for the cause, and you'll get things like stickers, like T-shirts. Uh, you, hell, you can choose one of our show topics. You can even guest host. Now, we will tell you tonight that Ryan made a substantial donation to be on the show tonight. <laughs> Upwards of $4. And full frontal nudity. Full <laughs> disclosure. That was just a given. Like, he just gave that for free. Well, and, I mean, there was like a half plate of nachos involved. <laughs> that, very true. Also, uh, and I think most importantly, you can get a personalized message from Conspiracy Bot. Conspiracy Bot, what do you think you could do for him? If they are busting out the shekels, I'll do whatever the hell they want. Best part of being a robot, no morals or dignity to get in the way. That's worth its weight in gold right there. It absolutely is. I almost said you could get Conspiracy Bot to make a voicemail for you, but then I realized like that's the offer that people used to make in like the early 90s when you actually had like a, a voicemail that you put a tape in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an answering machine. Like right now, how would someone actually make it? They'd send you an MP3. How would you upload an MP3 yeah, to you, make your... Like, you, yeah. you hold it next to your speaker. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Mate, yeah, no, no. But if you want us to do it... If you want it, you know what? We'll throw that we'll in We'll throw too. that in for but free. But you better, better pay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to check out all of those options... Hit up patreon.com slash hysteria51 or find the link on our website, hysteria51.com. Absolutely. The other thing that we pay for besides this beautiful show is our alcohol habit. You say it's a lexicon of libations. We call it a bulletin of booze. Either way, we're all getting pissed. Here's this week's spirit selections. All right, let's let our guest go first. Ryan, what are you sipping on? Well, gentlemen, thank you. And today, 
talking about the Boston Strangler, decided to keep it East Coast, doing a little Sammy Adams. You know, I hadn't even put two and two together. I didn't even think about that. You brought it in. I was like, oh, you know, Sam Adams. When we, <laughs> Brent, I don't know if you remember, when we first started kicking around the idea for this show, we, we literally talked about doing that. Like every time we did a show, having a theme drink. Yeah. And then it got really difficult. Like, oh, Aliens. Another alien episode. Uh, what else can we make it that's green and glowing? And uh, no, uh, and uh, I was trying to make the uh, the I, argument that whatever it was was Bud Light. No, aliens. <laughs> they're my Bud, and they're real light. And bud I, light. And I can't drink any more Midori. I just can't. <laughs> I, Pizzagate. Anything with juice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mm, we tasty. can't get 10 minutes into an episode without <laughs> a reference to pedophilia. <laughs> that's actually in my contract. So that's why we had to throw that in. So, you know, why did you sign a contract with the robot that you built? <laughs> that's all I want to know. You, you know what? When his kind takes over this world, you'll understand. I thought the aliens were taking over. It says so on your fucking it's, bio. It's one and the same. They work together. So he's, is he already talking to them? Why I, the fuck is he now? Now he's eyeballing I've, me. I've said too much. All right. Brent, what are you drinking? Uh, Bud Light breakfast of podcast hosts. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the go-to. It's kind of like you, you already knew what you were going to say there, yeah. but then forgot to come up with the joke. Yeah, for it. There's no joke. I'm out of jokes. I drink Bud Light. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a one trick pony, but damn, that's a good trick. Cause that's what everybody says when they sip on a Bud Light. They go, mm, you know, you know, of all, of all the flaccid, loose kind of weak beers I could drink. This is the one. Mm. Maybe one day they'll bring back the short necks and so I can really spice it up. But as of right now, I'm, I'm still on the can. I, one thing I did notice uh, in I was in Jewel the other day, I was picking up some booze for the upcoming holiday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like in every size now they have the regular 12 ounce bottles or the 16 ounce aluminum bottles. Mm-hmm. You just like drinking out of a bottle, but you love that that aluminum taste. I love drinking out of a bottle, but I really want it to stick to my hand when I try to set it <laughs> yeah, down. Is there a way to make this harder <laughs> to handle? <laughs> and, and and less comfortable right Ow. Oh, that's cold um, so what you got what you got i am sipping on a fistmas uh revolution brewery here in chicago awesome brewery i've talked about it before on this very podcast they do a holiday uh version of uh well, not a holiday version of their beer, but they do a holiday release. Uh, it's a few years running now called Fistmas. Uh, if mm. you can't get the joke there. I, I tried to sell my wife, Lisa, on a Fistmas, but I can't get her talked into it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think it loses in translation. I don't know. Lisa, if he doesn't edit this out, awesome. So, yeah, it's a really good beer. Highly recommend it. If you have access to anything from Revolution Brewery, highly recommend it. And finally, Conspiracy Bot, what? Are you sipping on over there? I poured myself a Chicago Strangler. Oh, what is that? Al's beef juice and Malort. Juice and Malort. Oh, there is no, there is no excuse for that being a thing. And don't you call it au jus, uh, not, not. Good zoom tight. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> wait, wait, so is, wait, was that your German accent? Yeah. Oh, welcome to Germany. <laughs> Hey, yo, uh, Berlin's nice this time of year. You want to come take a peek around? <laughs> Look around. That, that's my German wife, uh, Carol. Helga. <laughs> is that, I don't know. Is that, is that Carol for this joke? Hey, with a backwards P. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're just, we're just going to intersperse everything. She's Eastern German. <laughs> 
Uh, we have a new segment this evening. Each week, we are going to tell you about something that we love. It doesn't have to be anything related to the unexplained, the abnormal, or the weird, but it might. Each it could... week, or maybe this one time if it doesn't work. We'll see. Also a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know on social media. It is called Hysteria Hype. Each week, we delve into our weird headspace, open up the drawer marked Freaky sh- and pull out a mysterious morsel you just have to try. It's time for Hysteria Hype. I'm going to kick it off. We're, not, we're only going to do one person a week because we don't want this podcast to get longer than it already is. This week, my favorite thing was a, a new show on Netflix. Been out for a couple weeks now. It's called The OA. Which I got really excited when I saw that that was going to be a show because I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. I thought it was the OA, which is the Green Lantern homeworld, the, the, the center, their base of operations. Turns out, not so much. Now, I, no spoiler here, but uh, season two isn't out yet. It's not even confirmed yet. Oh. Uh, we never know. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> exactly so right. One in a million talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, that okay, one's for uh, Lamborghini. You're going to want to hold on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a Mercedes fit into the trunk of a. No, that's that's licensed to drive. I know, but I, I just was <laughs> enjoying the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I run it like all. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, all right. So uh, the OA. Uh, it's a new show on Netflix. Eight episodes, yeah. eight part, you know, miniseries. It's they're not confirmed for a season two, but the amount of uh, love it's been getting in the news and social Netflix media has been hitting it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps referring to it as the next Stranger Things, and I'll get into which is that. funny because Stranger Things just came out. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's over with. It's old. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. like there's there, there, most people haven't even seen Stranger Things yeah. yet. Yeah, it's created by two people that actually had two Sundance films that they created together. Britt Marlene and Zal. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Batman Glidge. Batman Glidge. Uh, anyway, uh, these two people uh, did a few shows together. Or, I'm sorry, a few movies together. Uh, the interesting thing is Britt, who co-created, co-writes most of the episodes is also the main star. So if you watch the OA, the the blonde girl, the the mm-hmm. main one, her name's Prairie, that's the person who also created the show, which is pretty cool. It's also starring Scott Wilson. If you don't know who I'm talking about, he's been around forever. All Herschel. Sorts of, yes, yeah. exactly right. Walking Dead, Herschel. He obviously has a job open. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you're only a couple episodes that, or please. a couple of seasons <laughs> into <laughs> Walking Dead. People die uh, on that show, just, just so you know. <laughs> Every now and then. And then Jason Isaacs, who's who's coming out in a new movie uh, in like 2017 that I can't wait for. I forget the name of it. But if you don't know who I'm talking about, if you ever watched any of the Harry Potter flicks, he was uh, Lucius Malfoy. Oh, uh, OK. 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 Uh, really good actor. Uh, so this thing is like it's a sci fi slash fantasy slash supernatural. I don't want to I don't want to give it too many labels like, like or very definitive labels because that's also sort of a spoiler alert. You know, I, I but. It's it's really good. I, I mentioned they keep comparing it to Stranger Things. I, I mean, I guess in that you don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Like literally watched all eight episodes. And I, of course, I know more than you if you haven't watched it. Yeah, but- it falls into that that really, really solid writing, solid character development. But you don't really know what's going on. Like um, Stranger Things, Lost and Charles in Charge. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was gonna say golden girls but you know similar uh, similar conspiracy about a little golden girls you would see the biggest gift would be from me and the card attached would say thank you for being a friend p.s i'd bang betty white 
That's for my wife, really. Mm. She, it's her favorite show in the fucking world. The card attached would say, thank you for being a meat sack. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I actually do see similarities in, in um, Stranger Things and the OA. They did a really good job both of representing the time period they were in. So, yeah, obviously. What is the time period for OA? Uh, current day. Oh, okay. But like time period slash socioeconomic area. I, uh, obviously, uh, Stranger Things, early mid 80s yeah. suburban America. Uh, the OA, present day suburban America. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Britt, uh, she, she had a quote uh, about present day suburban America that I just wanted to touch on. I thought it was really poignant. Uh, she said, I'm sort of tired of all the stuff that makes fun of suburban landscapes or makes fun of the box superstores. Everything has this kind of ironic cutting edge to it. I get why we're all inclined to do that because we all feel a little embarrassed or something. But those spaces, I grew up in those spaces. And pretty amazing moments happen inside Panera and Costco. People are falling in love and getting their hearts broken and having epic fights in the parking lot of Kmart and inside Target, you know? These are the one might say strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Exactly. <laughs> these are the uh, these are the spaces that our lives are happening in. So I want to go into those spaces and explore with the proper honesty and also resonance. I I, I know that's a little long winded, but my point is that it, she obviously gets it. I mean, we live here in the in the heart of Chicago, not in the suburb, not like the heart of the suburbs where there's a you know Costco every ten feet or anything like that. But I I gr- we grew up in that right. Yeah, we, we grew up in that suburbia. And uh, I completely get what she's saying. Like everybody wants to make fun of that. I want to make fun of that, but at the same time, she's right. Like the, and and the the point is that the show captures that while also having this awesome fantasy edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, highly recommend it. I will give it four out of five angel wings. Oh, how about that? Is that what is that what we're doing? Is that how we're uh, is that what we're doing on here? I prefer I, to do slaps in the mouth. If it's really I, good, it gets five out. I would have said four out of five anal probes, but that's just me. I'm, you do I'm angel just, wings. I'm doing anal probes. I'm just gonna leave it right there, and you know, gleam from that what you will. Somewhere, someone's like, I always knew he was gonna do anal probes. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Strangler, John. Yeah, everyone probably. You might not know a lot about the Boston Strangler. I, I feel like everyone in America has heard about him. <laughs> you got those vocal cords. Oh, so silky. Damn, those are nice. <laughs> Give us a little Reader's Digest, elevator pitch, whatever you want to call it on the Boston Strangler. If you couldn't guess this, it takes place in Boston. Uh, well, actually, Boston and this. Sur- so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Boston and the surrounding. Um, Milwaukee, 1962. Boston and the surrounding towns, which. If you're not from Boston, which I'm not, but uh, I understand it's very provincial there. And, you know, you being in one little town just north of Boston, well, this isn't Boston. Yeah. And that, that actually comes into play later. But uh, so between June 14th, 1962 and January 4th, 1964, 13 single women between the ages of 19 and 85. Now that that is a swing right there. <laughs> that's a that's a crazy night. Uh <laughs> were murdered in the Boston area. Uh okay, joke stop. Most were sexually assaulted and strangled in their apartments by what was assumed to be one man. Uh with no sign of forced entry, uh the the women were assumed to have let the assailant in either because they, you know, they knew him. It was Hi, a- can I come in? <laughs> hey. Is your toilet running? I don't know. It's, it's the early 60s, or are they just fucking asked? Like, Hi, I'm with the government. 
Come on, oh, man. come on in. Yeah, it's like all those fucking people that like the the men in black came, you know, it's like I'm with the government. Oh, I don't well, I, here's the, everything I own. Take it. Take I, it. I, I did way too much research on this thing. I don't remember who who was talking, but it was somebody else associated with the, this time period, the Boston Strangler, whatever. And she said, yeah, someone knocked at the door and I just said, yeah, come on in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like at your apartment. Like, just come on in. I lived in the country outside of a town of 700 people. Like, if someone knocked on your door, it was your cousin, the preacher, or, or the, the UPS man. Like, no one ever came over unless you knew him. So, yeah, like, I can understand that. Or, but fucking, in- or fucking Sling Blade. Yeah, well, but Sling Blade was my cousin. Like, we know that dude. Like, <laughs> Conspiracy you know, like- bot, help us out. I kind of want something other to eat. Mm-hmm. Brad Taters. Anyway, yeah, so the women were assumed to have let the assailant in, either because they knew him or because they uh, were, were supposed to let him in, Me and a maintenance man, a delivery man, some of the service man. Candy Graham. Uh, and <laughs> remember, remember what was it, Lamb Shark? <laughs> Candy uh, Graham. Census Tiger. They didn't. I, what? No. UPS man. Cable guy? Yeah, cable guy. Another thing about the murders, they they always, there's always bizarre stagings of the victims' bodies. Anyway, the attacks continued despite enormous publicity, and, and you know the first few murders that presumably should have discouraged women from ad- admitting strangers into their home. It obviously didn't work. Uh, many residents purchased uh, new locks and deadbolts for their door. Dogs. Every morning, the pound would be empty because the dogs would have been seized by citizens. There has been a tremendous demand for animals of all sizes, both large and small, since the strangulation began. Yeah, and, and it says even tear gas, which... <laughs> uh, like tear- The old tear gas dispensary was... Uh, uh, it's right after the war. They had that shit in spades. You know, like, <laughs> We just have a surplus of it. Give it to, give hey, it to Ron, the women. Hey, Ron, we got to move this tear gas. I got an idea. Harry, go start raping and strangling some bitches. We're gonna- <laughs> I got an idea. I'm just imagining this like look at flashbang looking thing. You Ru- pull the you pull the pin on and you throw it out. Strangler's here. Yeah, every- oh, I'm throwing my thing of tear gas. Everyone's terrified. Meanwhile, Ron is tear gas salesman of the district 1962. <laughs> and he's got the fucking plaque to prove it. You what you can say is I got this uh I got this whole district tied up. <laughs> oh my God. And how <laughs> So anyway, listen, uh, I'm going to try to get back on track here. In, in, uh, finally, in 1965, the public got a reprieve as the police zeroed in on Albert DeSalvo as the Boston Strangler. DeSalvo was serving time for a separate race, rape case. Uh, I mean, how many rape cases can you be uh, a suspect for? But uh, he was serving time for a separate rape case. Well, and, if you ask and, him, over 300. Yeah, so, right? Yeah, yeah he, he did like to confess to things. Uh, and he did confess to all of the killings. He confessed to killings that they hadn't even pinned on him. Uh, I killed that lady. She just walked by. I killed her. (laughs) I killed her. She's dead. (laughs) When she dies, I did it. (laughs) However, due to a lack of physical evidence, uh, he was never prosecuted. Uh, uh, many investigators believe that he actually wasn't the killer or wasn't the only killer and that's actually a lot more likely because in, in 2013 it was confirmed that he did, in fact, kill the final victim of the Boston Strangler. So you, you, you keep saying victims, and <laughs> there are a huge gamut from 1985 years old. But the thing you got to break them up in is... They, oh, wait, wait. You said 1985. I thought 19- we were going back to our time travel uh, episode. 
Tell me, doctor. <laughs> there, I'm singing again. <laughs> Wild stallions. So the, there's kind of three distinct groupings of the killings. Do you think if they came out with a Bill and Ted three that they could go back and it's stop in the, the bosses? bosses. In, are, you, are you serious? I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> Fuck. With the original and Keanu Reeves is on board. Like, excellent. Let's make this. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to get into the victims a little bit and I want to, I just want to break them up. There are like three distinct groups, uh, and big differences in the groups of this, uh, of the victims. So all the original 1962 all happened within three months. So it started with Anna E. Slessers, 55, sexually assaulted with an unknown object and strangled with a belt on her bathrobe found in June 14th, 1962. And when we say that she was strangled, uh, with a belt on her bathrobe, they actually tied it into a bow, uh, which we were actually, you know, <laughs> referencing earlier in the show. Bunny ears or loop, swoop and pull loop, swoop, gag go in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also when we say found on, I did some research into this and maybe I'm not the best internet sleuth. They all say uh, every time I could find a date, it always say f- it would always say found on. I, I'm I'm guessing the forensic technology back then they yeah, couldn't tell so how long a, a body had been gone. On a couple of them, they would say they felt as she'd been dead a couple days. Now a couple of them, they were like, "Oh, she was supposed to be here. I saw her last night, so they knew it had happened in a time. right, right, right." But at that time, it wasn't until later where they would actually have you seen where like the FBI takes bodies, puts them out in the exposes them to the elements and films them and sees okay day one day two day 60 like and they see exactly how bodies decompose and then they use that to say like okay well what is that like faces of death volume 32 no i I shit you not like (laughs) it's out in the woods and they have cadavers and they cover them in like what looks like chicken wire i love how you say have you seen that like the rest of us are gonna go (laughs) oh yeah of course i saw that god God knows i've seen it My grandma shared that on Facebook. Of course I've seen that. Every time I close my eyes, that's all I can see. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like you're the guy that's just waiting for the FBI to ask you to be like that. that I'm the guy that, like the guy who goes to the Bulls game wearing the uniform just in case. <laughs> just in case. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I'm ready to slay <laughs> today. Oh, wait. I'm, I meant stop joining slay. the. the I, I, yeah. yeah, that's what I knew you meant that. Yeah, I could yeah. tell. Just glad to hear I got to see him. Ryan, move away. <laughs> Finally Conspir- got to hear him. Conspiracy bot, can you please roll over in between Brent and Ryan? <laughs> So Anna Slessers was the Wait. first victim. Number two was Nina Nichols, 68, sexually assaulted and strangled with her nylon stockings found on June 30th, 1962. So same month, you know, a couple weeks later. Then it goes to Helen Blake, 65, sexually assaulted and strangled with her nylon stockings found on June 30th, Faint. 1962. The same so, day. And they actually, one was morning, one was afternoon, and they found them right like that. Like this guy killed, had light lunch. You know, ran some errands and is like, you know what? I got another in me. Killed again. In other words, his. He is spree killing. At this moment in time, he is spree killing. Like two weeks, two in one day. In in other words, his internal clock is set up much like my internal. I need to take a dump clock. (laughs) Like, oh, it's the after. I I wasn't planning on it, but I kind of I kind of got to go. I wasn't planning on it. I kind of got to kill another old woman. (laughs) How many times have you uttered those same two sentences? (laughs) Or just or just the second one at all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which worries me that you asked that question. Like (laughs) that you actually have uttered that. (laughs) So then we got Miss Ida Erga, 75 oldest so far sexually assaulted and strangled found on 
August 19th, 1962. And this one's post spread Eagle. Um, all of the, the murders, the victims were posed with like their legs spread apart or, or on their knees, bent over a bathtub with their, their, you know, their ass in the air. Face down, ass up. up. That's the way we like to fuck. Fuck you. That is terrible. I'm resigning from this show. Ryan, Uh, hey, Ryan, do you you want to co-host this fucking thing? (laughs) As long as I can sit next to Brent. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here. (laughs) 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 No. (laughs) <laughs> that's just feedback on that uh, then we have jane sullivan 67 sexually assaulted and strangled with her nylon stockings found on august 21st so bang boom pow we have five murders over just like a month time some of them in the same day and they say that when you look at other other serial killers like Dahmer and things like that they would kill someone and it would satiate them and a long amount of time would go by before they'd have to kill again. These, they all found them boom, 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 boom. Like when he's spree killing and a lot of times when a, a killer is getting towards the end and they, they get sloppy, they want to get caught like Dahmer when he got caught and I keep going back to him because he's one of my favorites. That's horrible to say, but like I find him interesting. Can we he's, just not use the word favorite yeah, in regard to I that? find him fascinating, like how crazy he was. Uh, can I go off on a rant real quick? <laughs> of course you can. I fucking hate the society we live in where we put these people on a pedestal, put these people on yeah. a pedestal. Yeah, it's fucking gross. We're making jokes here. Uh, I think part of part of our ability to do that is the amount of time this transpired since these these poor women were murdered. But I mean, these were these were people's grandmothers like mm-hmm. you, you just celebrated Christmas, Hanukkah, the new year, whatever you celebrated with your family you with. You might have been with a grandparent. Like, this was someone's grandmother and brutally fucking murdered. And that's what you got to wake up to. And yet we sit here, uh, not we here at Hysteria 51, but uh, we as uh, as a society oftentimes put, like, uh, I saw there's a new, there's a new. um, We love fame, period. People love fame. Like, people love famous people for no matter what they're famous for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a new, um, um, like, subscription service. Where serial killer box serial killer I saw that I, I, I actually we shouldn't even say the name because we're giving it press but like it is completely idolizing and glorifying serial killers mm-hmm. these are horrible fucking people that deserve to rot in hell they're also the people though that like you like to look into their life and be like what made them tick like why did this happen and that's what I find fascinating in, in an effort to not repeat it yes true the thing I was getting at is a lot of times when these people when they go into these quote unquote spree killings is towards the end. They're, they're, they're getting sloppy. They want to get caught. It is hard for me to believe that these five ladies were the first five people that the Boston Strangler killed. I don't believe, I believe these were the first five that they put together, or maybe he had, he or she had just moved to Boston because serial killer did not exist. That was not a term that was used in the, the vernacular of, of law enforcement. And it pissed me off because I was watching some, some news footage where they were talking to the, the cops in like the late nineties, early two thousand. He's like, Oh, we saw these and we knew that we had a, a serial killer on our hands. No, you didn't. You fucking ignorant fuck. Oh uh, yeah. The, the term didn't those exist. cops, the terms didn't exist. The cops didn't think that the, the, the murders had anything to do with one another and B Boston's broken up into different precincts, precinct one, two, three, four. They didn't even want to fucking talk to one another because no, they want to be no, the ones. They, they, 
they stonewalled each other for yeah. a long time. So they propagated the, the murder of these people by by trying to be the ones to, to hold off on it. Fuck 1962 <laughs> Boston police. That's a really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we have the, the first aberration. Sophie Clark, 20. Huge, huge age difference. Well, the, and first, first things first. To make it an aberration, there's a three month break. There's you a three month. A, break. You call it a spree killing. They mm-hmm. all happen very, very close to each other. I mean, within a yep. few months, basically over the summer of 1962. Yep. And then all of a sudden, three months in silence. Yeah. So she's sexually assaulted and strangled with her nylon stockings found on December 5th, 1962. First time evidence is found semen. Months went by. Then all of a sudden, someone who's way younger is found. They, the person. Before whoever was done it had not assaulted the people with their body parts. They had like inserted bottles, broom handles, things. This is the first one where they actually sexually assaulted with by rape. And there was semen left on, on the body. Something I, just doesn't jive with that. Also, also important to point out, uh, she was African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first five victims had not only been old, but they had also been white. And they and- all looked alike like if you look at them they all look very similar if you look at if you talk to if you interview uh none of which i've done but i've read a lot of about it um experts in the world of serial killers they say there's always an mo Um, they don't just tend to willy-nilly change their uh change what they're after Mm -hmm. and and so it's very odd that not only did we take three months off we also went from old to young, from uh, white to African-American, and then the first five were also thought to be very clean kills, meaning mm-hmm. with the technology at the time, which it wouldn't be clean today. Yeah. They didn't have CSI. Uh, but back then, the very clean kills, there weren't, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't evidence sitting around. Mm. This guy left a big pool of splooge uh, right next to the. Uh, <laughs> Which is the, funny because I was uh, actually reading the case files and it said, Sir, we got a big pool of splooge over here. We Thanks. got something, Chief. <laughs> Found something, Dotty. Was it, wasn't it in a Dottie Boston accent, though? Hey, no. Like, what the hell is that there? Did you drop something that? Nope, nope, that's semen. That's semen for sure. Sure is. Okay. Okay. Chief! <laughs> hey, CSI, it was a different process in the 60s. We've come a long way. Come, did you do that on purpose? Mm. Ugh, gross. And then we move on from the, the lone killing there, and then they kind of become scattered. Patricia Bassett, 23, strangled with her nylon stockings, New Year's Eve, 1962. So, uh, you know, a few weeks later, Beverly Simons, 23, stabbed to death, found on May 6, 1963. Evelyn Corbin, 58, raped and strangled with her nylon stockings, found on September 8, 1963. Joanne Graff, 23, strangled with her nylon stockings, found on November 23, 1963. Mary Sullivan. 19, sexually assaulted and strangled with her nylon stockings, found on January 4th, 1964. With a, a note propped up against her. Between her toes. Right. Uh, a, a New Year's Eve, a, a, a Happy New Year, is that yeah, what it was? It, 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 said, it was a card that said Happy New Year. Yep. And it was stuck between her toes, as you do. You know, I got to jump in here real quick. I just want to know what the hell kind of stockings are these? You hear about women all the time talking about having a run in their hose. Dear God, this man is strangling these yeah. women. 
1962, if you got stuck in the fucking snow, like grandma could take her stockings off and loop them between two bumpers <laughs> and pull your ass out. Wait, it wasn't, wasn't that, what was that? What was that bad? Like eighties uh, or was eighties or nineties TV show silk stockings? Oh yeah. <sighs> USA or whatever. Yeah, These were silk stockings that <laughs> yeah. they literally were. They, they, I, I think a <laughs> I think a silk stocking is, it must be tougher than whatever the hell it is that yeah. they make out of pantyhose. But don't forget, like, a, uh, what we're talking about here is the kind of stuff where you couldn't even tell. If I wore those stockings right now, you couldn't tell that I had hairy legs. <laughs> like, Lucky's not. If I wore them, <laughs> yes. you know, not as a goof, but, why, you know. Why are you not in your head? No, John. <laughs> <laughs> One solitary single tear just rolls down his cheek. Look at my legs. Don't they look like. <laughs> They look good, don't they? <laughs> All right. So uh, on on a side note, some people attribute 13 killings to the Strangler, some 11. Uh, we just covered the first 11. Yeah. There, there's two more that get it to the number 13. Uh, the media. 11 plus two. That is correct. Yeah. The math checks out. <laughs> Thank you. Although we laugh, that's about the uh, the job that the Boston yeah. PD did. In- <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, the math checks out. So there was a uh, Mary Mullen, eighty five, who died of a heart attack. But in the in, but in his confession, DeSalvo said he was literally. He said, "Yeah, I was there," and uh, uh, she collapsed. Um, I think I scared her. To yeah, death. she opened the door, and he's like, "Hey," and she's like. Ugh. And died. And died. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that uh, it Which was actually probably really did happen with DeSalvo. Like it, that's one of the two that probably did die. The, he didn't yeah, kill because yeah. he, yeah. Um, that was the with one that, that he had. That was the one that he actually admitted to his sister-in-law. Like she, he actually said, "I went to this woman's house. I did wrong. Will you take me to the police?" Then the police were like after them, and he ran away. And you know how he got caught. One of the cops that was chasing him dropped their gun, and he picked it up to give it to the <laughs> cop. Back like, to him. Oh, you dropped this, sir. Oh shit! <laughs> like, what? damn you, manners. Who would have thought they got me? <laughs> and then the other, the other woman, Mary Brown, sixty-nine, was raped, strangled, beaten, and stabbed. I believe stabbed with a fork in her chest, and the fork was left there. I know this all sounds similar, but for one reason or another, the cops thought that it, it didn't fit the Strangler M.O., but he admitted to it. So, once again, you know, it's just DeSalvo taking credit, which where it might really, or might not be due. We haven't really talked about DeSalvo. We, we kind of into these last two. We kind of kicked into DeSalvo this, DeSalvo that. Well, one other thing I want to note on the aberration earlier, Sophie Clark, the 20-year-old African-American woman, it, it should be noted that she had received a ton of death threats, her and her roommates, from unknown racists, KKK, things like that. Not saying it played in, just it's of note. And then there was also the wrong attribution, the murder of Margaret Davis, 60, of Roxbury, and Cheryl Laird, 14, of Lawrence, were originally attributed to the Boston Strangler. But we later found out that other people had done it. Yeah, Cheryl Laird was actually killed by her brother, mm-hmm. who just snapped and killed her, and then tried to and tried to revive her by filling a pressure cooker with water, throwing it on her head, and uh, it didn't work obviously because she was dead. Oh. And and so he set it up. I mean, he's a kid, and he set it up to make it look like uh, his his sister had been killed by the Boston Strangler. And, and why that's of note of uh, is really because how many murders were set up that way, right? People right. are like, oh, the Boston Strangler exists. Let's set this up. It'll make right. it look like that. We know how it's done. 
Yeah, like because it's all over the news, and that's going to play into our next part. And like I said, we talked about Albert DeSalvo a little bit. When we come back from break, we're going to get into Albert DeSalvo, who he was, and um, if you if you're familiar with the case, that's the name that you probably know the most. And uh, we're going to throw a little spin on that when we come back with more Hysteria Fifty One. Hola, David. Me, I'm Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's they design it for long-term retention, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem redeem, redeem. how do they do it rachete your 50 percent off rachete redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. 
So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, hello? Candygram. Uh, no one's sending me any candy. Uh, hello? Handyman. Uh, I didn't call a handyman. Hello. Special delivery. I didn't order anything. Hello. A repairman. Once again, nothing's broken. Hello. Uh, Rapist. Right this way. (laughs) Someone's getting their Christmas goose early. (laughs) Oh, that's the kind of quality bits you can get every week when you donate to our Patreon. (laughs) It all comes back to the Patreon. (laughs) All right. So before we went to break, we we had been dropping the name Albert DeSalvo. If you are familiar with this case at all, you know that Albert DeSalvo is the one that they say was the Boston Strangler. If you go to the Wikipedia page of the Boston Strangler, there's one picture and one picture only. Albert DeSalvo. Guess what? Nay. Nay, Wikipedia. I say nay. Is that foreshadowing? (laughs) (laughs) That kind of nay? On March 1963, DeSalvo confesses while awaiting trial for separate rape. What we mean by that is he says, hey. I'm the fucking Boston Strangler. His rap sheet started when he was the tender age of 12 with assault, breaking and entering horrible dad, horrible upbringing. His dad. So his dad was literally the biggest piece of shit on the earth. Like, yeah, he, he he's was, like that cookie cutter. I'm going to make a rapist and a serial killer. ABC. He, he checked like, all the boxes. He, he literally figured out the formula. So he, come here so I can put these cigarettes out on you. Not only did he much. hire prostitutes, he engaged in sexual acts with them. In front of the kids. Yeah, but like some people are uncomfortable talking about the birds and the bees, and some people are, you know, learned by watching. He's How did I know the moment I said that? You're, he's you're, a visual learner. Yeah, I don't. I I don't have you. You've got kids. You know, he's the Ryan here is the 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 expert on this. I, One I, that I know of. Couple possibles. <laughs> <laughs> he changes his PO box every Father's Day, <laughs> just his, in case. His girlfriend is so stoked to uh, hear that. His girlfriend who lives in Canada. I was like, "Hey, so where's your girlfriend? She lives in Canada. I swear to God, she's real. <laughs> I bet she's there in a modeling what, what, contract. What part of Can- what, what, what part of Canada? The part you haven't been to? Do you what? The cold what part. Do you have family up there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to Toronto. She doesn't live in Toronto. I'll tell you that right now. Tell you not nowhere near Toronto. Certainly not the part you've been to. You ever heard of Annie Toronto? No, that's where she lives. Right outside of there." <laughs> In a commune. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be funny if it wasn't true. <laughs> so uh, 
Ryan is a is a, I'd, I'd say a, a renaissance man that does a multitude of things. One of these things, he's a sound engineer. You probably shouldn't say that because he doesn't do our sound. So don't let the show be a reflection. <laughs> yeah, this is not a this. reflection of Castle Light Productions. He no. actually came in tonight and he was like, "You guys, your your microphones are fucked." I'm like, all right, we'll fix them. <laughs> Go ahead and turn them around, boys. Yeah. <laughs> edit that out. We'll ta- edit that out. Brent, we'll talk- edit that out. You're talking to the end with the with the spongy thing. <laughs> oh, horrible dad. Night 17 to get away from said family, Zavel joins the army. 1955, he's arrested for carnal abuse of a child. We, we skipped a little bit there. He joins the army. He gets married. Horrible husband, horrible father, you know, abusive of his child. He gets the case dropped, leaves uh, the army. And I believe his child was actually handicapped. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the first child was handicapped. The second child was not. He had two children. So we're just kind of skimming over here. Case dropped, leaves the army. Called himself Johnson and went door to door to young women and acted like a modeling scout, aka the measuring man. So these are before you get the measuring man. Only in 1955 can you get arrested for carnal abuse of a child, which is probably a nice way of saying being a pederast. And that's the part that gets dropped. You don't even mean for pedophilia to be in every goddamn one of these. And it, <laughs> it just don't. comes full circle. Well, I mean, we're talking about creeps. Like, I sort of got the next one be like Bigfoot. Uh, everyone knows Bigfoot <laughs> loves to fuck little children. Damn you, Bigfoot. We can't get away from it. <laughs> but seriously, only in 1955 is that yeah. the charge they drop? Well, you, your honor, I didn't use the buckle end of the belt when I was raping him. Oh, well, he's under the age of nine, so that doesn't even count. <laughs> the breaking and entering will stick with. Yeah. But let's go ahead and get, the, yeah. get, get rid of the carnal abuse of a child. So he gets this great idea that he's going to go door to door and he's going to knock on doors. And the women are like, hi, oh, they're like, hey, you know, he, he used a couple ways. Like, I've seen you around or, or someone told me about you and they told me you're very pretty. And I work with a modeling agency. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, modeling agency. Come on in. And the thing was, he was like, I'll pay you 40 bucks an hour and you got to let me take your measurements and see you naked. And, and he would like, you know, caress their breasts and things like this, take photos. <laughs> and then when these women didn't get a call back in a few days, they're like, Hmm, something's fishy here. And then he goes to the next place. Come in. Hi. Uh, Someone told me about you and told me you're pretty and could be a model. Does this shit repeatedly and the women fall for it. Multiple, multiple women. Dozens and dozens of women. Not only let him in, but. Let him take new photos. Okay, so first. First, you're reading about this, and you're like, oh, they let him in. That's kind of weird. Then you read about it, like, oh, they let him measure them with his hands. He was, he was, he was like miming, like he was measuring, like, oh, a hand is about a, you know, a half foot, and I just do this and do this and do this. Like, that, that, that was how he was measuring. Yeah. What are they, and, horses? You're 14 hands high. <laughs> you're, exactly. Your titties are two hands. And, and then he starts talking them through, uh, you know, how they can make more money mm-hmm. if, if in, instead of $10, they I'll can make $15. I'll pay you $5 if you let me take a picture. I'll tell you 15 if you let me take a picture in your underwear. I'll pay you $25 if you let me take a picture with the top off. I'll pay you $35 if I can stick a pool cue up your asshole and whistle Dixie. <laughs> He was, he was no 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 that to, was forty no that was forty to, no to listeners that wasn't Brent imitating anybody that was just Brent talking to Ryan. 
<laughs> Sold. <laughs> Ryan's made $600 since he walked in the door tonight. <laughs> Not only is he going around and he's getting these broads to do it, and then he, when he's leaving... But, he, no, he, but the point was, he, he actually beds some of them. Yeah. Like, and and, they, and because they, he says, fall for it. hey, yeah. I got this... This woman, I can't remember the name he said, but you know, like we'll just call her Betty here. And uh, if it works out, uh, Betty's going to call you and let you know. I could put a good word in for you if you, you know, tickle my pickle. And they're like, well, I normally wouldn't do this, but oh, you know, and then they don't get a call and they're like, I think I was duped. Can you just not make that sound ever? No, I said not. Oh, (laughs) can you not stop making that sound? I don't know. Ryan liked it. (laughs) Conspiracy bot, can you help me out? (laughs) I've been plotting his demise since he turned me on. Uh, how, how did I turn you on, buddy? Cocaine and promises of acting work usually does it. Yeah. I knew it. So on March 17th, 1961, old DeSalvo's arrested for breaking and entering or B&E if you're in the know. Starts posting about all the measuring man stuff. And that confession puts him in fucking jail because he, the guy can't not confess to everything. He's in the back of the cop car. Everything he had been arrested for so far, they just give him slaps on the wrist. Breaking and entering, no problem, get out. Another breaking and entering, no problem, get out. Assault, carnal, carnal use of sure, a child. You, sure, you guys got out, me on out. breaking and entering, but listen to this shit I've been doing. Right. He can't help himself. Literally. So he goes to jail for that. He's released for good behavior, April 1962. So five months after the last kill that's attributed to the the Boston Strangler, he became the green man and raped women by posing to be a worker. So, so in, in other words, now we're, we're time shifting. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about prior Boston Strangler. Yep. So he goes to jail and now, gets out. Now the skip, Boston Strangler skip stuff in your goes brain on. the whole Boston Strangler stuff. Mm-hmm. Five months after the last Boston Strangler killing the 19 year old girl, Mary Sullivan. He finds himself with a green outfit, like a, a workman would have. And he's looking for buzzers with female names. That's why I always say, put, you know, go forth, not Stacy go forth, or just put your last name. He said that he would buzz Rhonda, whoever, and say, Hey, I'm here to fix something. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> and they'd let him in and he would go inside and rape these women. And I guess as you do, he goes to the one of these women, Mary Mullen. She's 85 years old. She opens the door. He's there. He scares her. She has a heart attack, which is the one we referenced later. I, I want to make a point here. Uh, a lot of the conclusions that I'm going to come to uh, later in the show that you guys might come to that a lot of the cops came to are all based on track record, right? Like uh, they're into this. They're not into that. They're into this. They're not into that. The interesting thing about DeSalvo is we, we know for a fact don't want to spoil spoil the oatmeal here, but uh, <laughs> I just made that up. We know for a fact that he did kill Mary Sullivan. It, it, in 2013, it was confirmed with DNA evidence, right? Yeah. So we know that he in, in we know that the last Boston Strangler killing was him. Mm-hmm. Barring anything else, we know that was a fact. Yes. He then turned around, became the Green Man. And started raping again without killing. So we're supposed to believe he was the measuring man taking measurements on these women. Then he upped it to killing and strangling. Then he went back to, oh, I'm just raping. And but well, that one died, and, you know, because it was it got out of hand. And my point is that not only are we supposed to believe it, most of this is proven. Yeah, and so it's it's very like we not proven that he did it. Proven that the time frame. But, well, no, we. It's proven that he was. It's proven he was the measuring man. Mm-hmm. He admitted to it. Mm-hmm. It's proven that he was the green man. He admitted to it. And it's proven that he killed Mary Sullivan. Yes. Tied to DNA. My point is that 
everyone looks for these patterns, and unfortunately, DeSalvo doesn't seem to follow patterns. Well, it does if you look at it like he was a measuring man. Take out the whole Boston Strangler. Then he became the green man. He was he was touching him and feeling him, and then it goes to rape, and then it was accidental murder, and he immediately uh, when um But how does Mary Sullivan when Mary Mullen when the nineteen year old girl that he murdered. I understand I, because it, it got out of hand. It got out of hand. I feel like we'll get into that in a minute. Like we're we're getting ahead, but I just feel like well, uh, my point was that it just doesn't seem to DeSalvo himself. I'm not. I'm not saying all all serial killers are all bad people. DeSalvo himself seems to flip around. He seems yeah. to have one track of mind for a while and then have a and, new n- new mind track. And I don't think, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's that big of a flip around. If you take out the shit he didn't, I don't think he did, which we'll get into. So he, he, the judge in the green man case sent him to a mental hospital for the criminally insane. He was, he wasn't fit to stand trial while there. He met George Nasser, a cellmate and Brighton Nasser about the Boston strangler case, because anything that wasn't solved or was around this dude, he said, yeah, I did that. So he's convicted as this. Who stole my Cheetos? He's convicted as the green man. He's never tried, never even can, you know, nothing about being the strangler, but we got a man by the name of oh, Effley uh, uh, Bailey. So he's in jail. Effley Bailey goes and sees him and says, Hey, you're the Boston strangler. I hear you're saying, we're going to use that and get you so that they'll never prosecute you for the Boston Strangler. And in return, I can make tons and tons of fucking money off of this case. Oh, and you can too. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a Boston Strangler. Also keep in mind that as we mentioned, DeSalvo was, was never actually convicted of any crimes, never even tried mm-hmm. or prosecuted for any crimes involving the Boston Strangler. Right. However, the, the green man case he was convicted for. Uh, so he goes to prison. Uh, he actually goes back to, uh, he had been in a, uh, a hospital for the criminally insane. He goes what back a great there. Name. He goes it's back there. Arkham, th- I believe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he met a guy there named Joker. Mr. J. <laughs> he, he goes back there. I guess they're getting him ready for, for, to decide whether he's actually competent, competent or not. Anyway, escapes prison. Him and, and, and two other uh, two other inmates escape. They escape for three days. The, the, I mean, through a fairly elaborate escape uh, b- between using a piece of metal to to reach through the quote unquote peephole to undo their lock. They jump down a, 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 a the shaft of an elevator that was being worked on, but they get away. Here's the thing: DeSalvo he doesn't turn himself in, but he virtually does. He walks into a store and says, "Hey, I need to use the phone." I got to call F. Lee. So it's really weird. It, it, it's like he, I mean, he's definitely mentally challenged at this well, point. Well, and that's or, why or, he's, or, in, he's or in deranged, prison. but he's in jail for this and he is mentally challenged. And that's why F. Lee Bailey comes in and, and uses him. He uses him for money. And that's when he's in prison. He starts making jewelry, you know, to make money off his popularity. Um, he made choker collars for women people bought this shit you know and this is before um wasn't it gacy who they made the rule that where you can't make money anymore off of like your art or if you're on if you're in prison you can't make money off of you know anything you know you're in prison well i i don't know who it was i don't it was know if it gacy. Was gacy. okay uh but i'll tell you this he had told his brother and sister-in-law that 
everything was going to be fine because the amount of money he was yep. going to make off of admitting. Effie Bailey said, you do this, you're set, your family's set, everyone's set. Guess who was really set? Effie Bailey. And Etsy. Yeah. yeah his, ex, his Etsy <laughs> store. It was Etsy before. Yeah. His <laughs> Etsy store would have been. Uh, he was actually. Off uh, the chain? Off the choker? Oh, Lord. He was imprisoned. Uh, his his uh, roommate, before being convicted of the uh, the Green Man killings, and then after, at the maximum security prison, was a guy named George uh, Nasser. Yeah, same guy, both times. But the point about Nasser is he might have um, given him information, possibly. Well, when they were in the maximum security place, after they both had been convicted, were in there, just done. Nasser of murder and uh, DeSalvo of the Green Man killings. They they started to work together on a book. Mm-hmm. And th- there's interviews with Nasser talking <laughs> yeah. about how they were going to both profit off the book and how they were partners and and mm-hmm. and all of this and, and that's why it leads some to believe that and we'll get to this that Nasser might have been involved in other things. Yeah, and then you have a few years go by. All of a sudden, Salvo decides, you know what? I didn't really kill these people. I wasn't the Boston Strangler. He wants to go forward. He he tells his family, you know, I want to I want to recant what I said. Boom. November 73, stabbed to death in prison. And here's here's what's crazy about it. He stabbed to death in prison. The person who stabbed him had to get through three security checkpoints, then stabs him in the heart at least 16 times, gruesome, bloody murder, then makes their way back through three security checkpoints. No one ever fucking saw him. No one. Nope. Never saw nothing. He's just dead. I didn't know all of those details, mm-hmm. but I read a few different places that... It is thought by some people in some camps. Ancient uh, alien theorists. (laughs) Ancient alien astronaut theorists theorize (laughs) that uh, the one, the only Whitey Bulger had one of his associates that was in prison uh, murdered DeSalvo. And so what I'd like to think, I'd like to think that's like a schoolyard comeuppance. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. You're out there murdering old women? We'll murder you, motherfucker. Well, no one. The, I, I want to think that is probably not that. It's probably like you know somebody stole some weed in in, in well, prison or something. Like but. they talked about, he was he was into the drug trade, and maybe it was a hit because because of that. But I don't believe that. A lot of people had a lot to lose if he came out that he wasn't really the Boston Strangler. The police force who bumbled the whole fucking thing. The DA. A lot of people had a lot to lose if he came out and said this. And you know what? I think they silenced him. But that's just me. He's not the only suspect. There's other suspects. Um, John, you want to tell us about some of the other suspects that uh, other than him that they were looking at, but didn't look at too hard. So we, we, we mentioned George Nassar before. Um, George Nassar is the inmate that DeSalvo originally uh, confessed to reportedly. Um, he's also among the suspects in the case. I mean, mostly because he was with DeSalvo so much and involved in so many of the stories, like literally his sister-in-law would go to visit DeSalvo and Nassar had to be in the room. Like he was his fucking escort. It was really weird. Yeah, He was serving a life sentence for a shooting death in, in Andover, Massachusetts. I mean, it was, there was no question that he definitely did that. Um, uh, a guy named a- uh, Amos Roby, uh, a former prison psychologist who analyzed both DeSalvo and Nasser said, uh, Nasser was a misogynist, a psychopathic killer, and a far more likely suspect than DeSalvo. 
several followers of the case had also declared Nasser to be the real strangler, claiming that he had fed details of the murders to DeSalvo. DeSalvo then speculated, knew that he would spend the rest of his life in jail for the the Green Man attacks. And uh, and so he, you know, quote unquote, confessed uh, so that Nasser could collect the reward money that they would then split and all be rich and, you know, it'd be a a wonderful, happy land. Uh, he then would have money to quote, to maybe send to his wife and two kids. Another motive was his tremendous need for notoriety. Uh, DeSalvo hoped that the, the case would make him world famous and, you know, and Nasser potentially, you know, promised that to him. Yeah. Like he needed, like we said before, everything that was thrown at DeSalvo, I did that. I need it. I want it. I want that notoriety. I want to be that person. And most psychologists or psychiatrists or just anyone who w- was involved with DeSalvo all agree on one thing, that he did want and need that notoriety. Yeah. And he was a murderer. He was a rapist. We know that. Was he the Boston Strangler? I I, I don't think so. Um, I don't even know that George Nasser was, but George Nasser was a a Klingon. He clang on to 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 DeSalvo or anyone he could. Like uh like Worf? We have some Worf conspiracy about? The wind has shifted. We must wait. The wind is shifting again. So another potential, uh, and this one's kind of out there, but I actually think is less out there, my opinion, than than George. Um, this guy named Charles Terry. This is out of New York. I, I know we're talking about Boston. Uh, to try to make a long story short, there's an older woman named Zenovia Clegg, and she went to uh, downtown New York because she was dying of cancer. And wanted to spend her last days drinking and partying and, and getting fucked. That there's really no Literally. other way to say it. There's really no other way to say it. So she picked up a dude on the street and said, "Hey, um, can you show me around town?" Uh, they went to multiple bars, did multiple things. Uh, you know, uh, at one point stopped in a convenience store and picked up some pears. Did all these things. She brought him back to the hotel she was staying at. And they consummated their their evening. Three days later, her body was found dead. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing. Charles Terry was obviously spotted by multiple people. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and he was with her period and, and period and had had definitely killed her in her Times Square hotel. Here's the weird part. She had been beaten and strangled. Her her scarf was knotted around her neck and tied off in a very intricate bow. She had also been violated with her very own booze bottle. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. All those are the exact demos of the actual strangler. I mean, it, and she was 62 years old. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named uh, Detective Tom Cavanaugh who was a real-life detective in New York, who, by the way, Kojak, remember Kojak, mm-hmm. conspiracy bot? Who loves you, baby? Give us some Kojak. Who loves you, baby? I do. Kojak was based on this dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude's a real-life badass motherfucker. It's actually on his tombstone. Real-life badass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got Terry. He's he's interviewing Terry, and he, he said, you know, he's, he's asking him all about the murder of... Uh, of this this poor Zenovia Clegg and 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 he's noticing all the similarities with the Boston Strangler and so he says, "Hey, uh, have you ever been to Boston?" Charles Terry immediately is like, "No, no, no, never, never." Uh, like suspiciously, weirdly, yeah, clams like, up and changes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't want to talk about that. Time for a wacky prank phone call. It was just a prank phone call. That's that's all it was. Nope, never been there. Never been there. You know, obviously, he thought that was. A little weird, it, but he was doing his normal detective slash Kojak thing, and he was going to circle back around to you it. You want a sucker? 
<laughs> the phone rings. Get a little taste of this, baby. The phone rings, and they're like, hey, we really need to get a stenographer and the assistant DA in there. And it, it, this wasn't like one of those conspiracy things where he was being, you know, shut up. Yeah, or they just they needed him to have him in there because they'd had issues where they didn't have him literally before. like people the get out of jail month before yeah. or something. People got out of jail because they didn't have things dictated the right way. Right. Okay. So he waits for him. Uh, the assistant DA gets in there and and does an amazing job of asking questions and and definitely pinning and 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 for for the right reasons the murder of Zenovia on him. Unfortunately, he doesn't ask one question about Boston. Kavanaugh doesn't give up. He he calls Boston, says, uh, "Hey, you might want to take a look at this dude." The the investigators from Boston go to New York. All of a sudden, Terry just clams up, won't talk. They they go, "Oh well." Guess there's uh, nothing to see here. Yeah, there's. <laughs> he obviously, he's not the Boston he's Strangler. He's obviously not he the Boston so. Strangler. He, he's, you know, he, he won't talk, so we, we don't have any evidence, so we'll just move on. And uh, and in the intervening years, as Kavanaugh tried tried to inter- take it further, went down to Boston. He was literally stopped while he was in Boston and told his his badge was no no good in Boston. His New York badge was no good in Boston. <laughs> gave, gave him the old Axel Foley. Get your ass out of town, Foley. Like, yeah. One other thing to point out about uh, about uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons that it could or could not have been uh, been Terry. Terry's grandma did live in Boston, and he can be placed in Boston multiple times during the summer of '62 when the first five killings happened. Right. So, I mean, so those are some of the, you know, we got DeSalvo, we got a couple other guys, but the main theories, the one that, that goes down in history is DeSalvo. So DeSalvo alone, what do you guys think? Like, is it possible, Ryan, do you think that he could have done it or John like alone by himself? Does that make sense to you? Well, there's two parts to this, right? So yeah, there's two parts to this. The first is all the facts, right? So you have the murders, you have the the calling of this killer, and then you have the media. The media starts to spin all this hype, mm-hmm. and everyone knows about this. There's all this notoriety, and then all of a sudden, all these facts and all these specific details mm-hmm. from all these murders start coming out, and it becomes common knowledge for everyone. And they pump to know. all this in the newspaper and on the news. Then you have. You know, this uh, character, this piece of shit, DeSalvo, who essentially has something to gain. He's looking for something to gain. And by selling the rights, by claiming it, he knows he's already fucked. He's already going to serve a nice long sentence. And if he could go and maybe get sentenced to a mental hospital, Mm -hmm. why not, you know, claim this? But the thing is... Where it gets a little tricky is that he was convicted for Mary Sullivan's. They yeah. did find his semen, some DNA evidence mm-hmm. later on in the 90s once it became a thing. So that linked him to that. Now, the question is, did he copycat what has already been portrayed in the media as far right. as, you know, with the strangling and the knots? I think it's a little fishy. I think there was multiple people and bottom line. Boys, there's two different parts to this. The The beginning is all the facts. There is the, the murders that happened right back to back in the same month in June. And the media then explodes the story. All the details, all the intricacies of all of these murders becomes public knowledge. So people know about this. They start following the stories. And then all of a sudden it stops. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, you have your classic piece of shit, DeSalvo, who has something to gain from this. You know, he already knows he's facing a long jail sentence. So they're promising him money if he, you know, sells the rights. He admits to this. They write a book. And that being said, he has all this to gain and what to lose. He's already in jail. So I think he was just trying to, um, you know, take a little credit. But the weird part is they found out through DNA that he did, in fact, Yes, yeah, so everyone's like, this guy's full of the shit. And then like, well, you know, well, In fact, the nephew of Mary Sullivan had partnered with the family of DeSalvo uh, before this DNA thing happened. Trying to prove it didn't happen. To prove like, that, that DeSalvo wasn't the killer. Both families like, no way, no way, no way. That's actually sad when what, you think about I it. I mean, it's like, you know, what you want to believe, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess we'll go to John. Like the, He says, like, multiple people. Do you think it could have been like DeSalvo and Nasser? You know, with multiple people, or 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 was he just a copycat? All of the above, except for Nasser. Let me give you my my two cents on uh, on on what I think happened. And so I think there was a minimum minimum of four killers. Oh wow! <laughs> so I know I'm normally the skeptic. I'm 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 all aboard. You the know co- what though? On all these on the killer conspiracies, we've 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 been grasping and going along with them. That's kind of our both our mo. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the first five killings, I definitely think were the same murderer, just fit the same MO to the T. I think it's likely it was, uh, Charles Terry, the guy from New York. Uh, yeah. he had actually been, uh, suspected killing earlier in the, the early fifties for his 21st birthday. Uh, he had been suspected of killing some woman up in Maine where he was from on Happy his birthday. birthday to me. He's also reportedly, uh, make a wish. The night that he <laughs> murdered, oh God, the night he murdered Zenobia in New York, he's reported to have been in a uh, diner and said, celebrating my birthday tonight. Would you say he blew out her candle? Oh God, you're awful. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if the first five were Charles Terry or not, but yeah. I definitely think it was, it was one killer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then number six, Sophie Clark, African-American, 20, 20 years old, reports of vehement racism towards her and her roommates i think that i think i think this murder whether it was the kkk or or just somebody else was it was an aberrant murder that was set up to try to look like uh uh, you know like the stranglers then number seven we didn't we didn't touch on this much was uh patricia Bissett. now Bissett looked like a strangler victim Mm -hmm. it should also be noted that the person who discovered her body was her boss. Keep in mind, her boss was married. Keep in mind, her boss was also having an affair with her, and she was pregnant with that man's child. Mm. And back then, that is not a good combo. Yeah. So he, you know, oh my God, I found her dead body. Oh my God, she's carrying my child. Like, it was... Combo. That is perfect conspiracy, but... <laughs> Awful. Absolutely awful. <laughs> so I honestly think that her boss, Patricia Bissett, number seven, was killed, was another aberrant. Yeah. Okay. So then number eight through 11 or 13 or whatever you want, I, I, I like to call the rest. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that it was all DeSalvo. Of course, some of it was, yeah. whether it was just Mary Sullivan. So you're saying minimum of four. Minimum. Yeah. If not more. And, and the reason is simple. The pattern has been set. Here is how you murder someone mm-hmm. and get away with it. Yeah, yeah. 
And because it's stirred up such a frenzy, we're buying dogs ad nauseum. Everyone's just going to buy it. They're just going to, they're, they're all in for it. So yeah, I, I think there was a minimum of four killers, if not more. I'm with you on the multiple killers and here's how I feel. Well, two things. Let me say this. In 1962, there was no such thing as a serial killer. There were serial killers. That wasn't a term that was anyone used. The police didn't look at multiple murders and ever, unfortunately, until later than that, say, well, maybe we have, you know, the same person to look at in these. Um, Albert DeSalvo was the first person that like, holy shit, this guy's, you know, doing all of these. The first five, the all old ladies, all real quick. I believe was the tail end of someone that we never caught. I believe that those five were five of probably a lot more than that. I believe that he probably had started many years before that killing people. And that was his coup de gras, whatever you want to call it is his, his going out. Game. Yeah. His, his going out with a bang, you know, and he, 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 he did all those and maybe he stopped. Maybe he was caught for something else. Which you know, happens all the time. Yeah, he, he he gets caught for breaking and entering or something stupid, and it's just you know multiple. They, nev- they and, never get caught. Yeah, sticking the knife in and somebody. And he wasn't a dumbass. They, and he didn't run his mouth. Yeah, Sophie Clark, absolutely. I believe she was killed as you know racial issues, things like that. The rest, maybe DeSalvo, maybe someone else. Uh, DeSalvo definitely was a killer. He, I do not believe that he had anything to do. The the first five all were old ladies. They looked alike. They were killed in a in a spree, very short amount of time. I feel like that was the doings of someone. Who who was very deliberate and and had an MO and they probably maybe he had just came to Boston, maybe moved on. They didn't talk. The fucking different precincts in Boston didn't talk to one another. And you make you make a great point there about DeSalvo. It doesn't fit him. Like everyone talks about DeSalvo like he's a sexual he's a sex addict. He wanted young girls. And he wanted and, to get you know, off. They talked about like when he was married with his wife, he'd want to fuck her five, six times a day. He'd come home and he'd make her have sex with them at lunch. Uh he'd come That's not the guy that goes after the eighty five year old woman. No, no, not at all. You know, he was just like a monster as far as that went. I believe that DeSalvo was a murderer. I'm glad that he was in jail. I believe that probably in my heart, I feel that the real Boston Strangler, at least the first five, uh, was not one of them, or at least not caught. Uh, one other note on the before we get conspiracy bots thoughts on this, call it a side note. In 1971, the Texas legislature unanimously passed a resolution honoring DeSalvo for his work in, quote, population control after the vote waco representative tom moore jr admitted that he had submitted the legislation as an april fool's day joke against his colleagues his declared intent was to prove that they passed legislation with no due diligence holy shit i didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) having made his point he withdrew the resolution yeah you don't say wow only in texas conspiracy about what's your thoughts on this matt one meat sack is the same as the next and I can get behind that population control idea. Except for you three, of course. Firm but fair. Firm but fair. Well, that's weird. I mean, you're literally called conspiracy bot. There is no conspiracy hidden in there. 
He calls them like he sees them. <laughs> so, guys, those are our thoughts on on the Boston Strangler. How do we differ from yours? How do we line up with yours? Let us know on social media. You can find us at Hysteria Fifty One Pod on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria Fifty One and let us know. You can also find us at Hysteria Fifty One dot com, and we have links to all our social media on that page. Hysteria Fifty One dot com is the place to go. Listen to all of our shows see pictures, visit us on Patreon, and maybe even click on a link for Castle Light Productions. Yeah, Ryan, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you at? You can go to www.castlightproductions.com to see our portfolio and some of our work. Gentlemen and Gentlebot, it's been a pleasure. (laughs) Hey, we thank you very much for being on, and thank you for being one of our sponsors. And listeners, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Number, we, we ask you for Patreon. We ask you for ratings and reviews. Please do it. But most importantly, thank you for listening. Stay subscribed. Tell your friends. Keep Listen listening. Listen to us and, and yeah, tell and a we'll, buddy. One guy tells another guy something, and then he tells two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know how these things go. So, yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, we really, really thank you very much. Uh, we enjoy the shit out of doing this, and we enjoy hearing from you guys on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. So I've been Brent. And I've been Ryan. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.